You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is episode 63 of Leading and Learning, and I'm so happy that you're with us today. Today's title is Rabbi Jesus and His Band of Merry Men. and This is actually a leadership study on how and why Jesus selected some of the guys that he did. Um, it was a, there was a very unique process that Jesus used to pick his disciples, and it was very different from the way other rabbis pick their disciples. So I want to read just two quick passages of Scripture to lay just a little bit of groundwork, and then we'll jump into five points um, that, that are the uniqueness of the way Jesus picked his disciples. So first of all, one day as Jesus was walking along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew fishing with a net, for they were commercial fishermen. Jesus called out to them, Come be my disciples and I will show you how to fish for people. And they lift their nets at once and went with him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat mending their nets. He called them too, and immediately they left their father in the boat with the hired men and went with him. And that's from Mark 1. And then just a couple of chapters further on, it says that as Jesus was going down the road, he saw Matthew sitting in his tax collector booth. Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. You know, in Jesus' day, he wasn't the only Jewish teacher in the land. There were a lot of other rabbis, and, and rabbis had disciples. So there were many other rabbis and disciples, and there are some very notable differences, though, in the way that Jesus did things. No surprise there. But as leaders, what can we learn from Jesus' relationship with his disciples? Well, like I said, I'm going to give you five points. First of all, traditionally, the student picked the rabbi. In other words, the student would shop around until he found a teacher that he felt comfortable with. He, 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 and when we talk about feeling comfortable, it might be felt comfortable with him on a theological level, on a social level, on a personality level. But he, he wanted to find a teacher that he felt comfortable with. And that also, of course, the teacher would have to accept him as his student. But the, the student initiated the contact. And the student would try and find a, a, a teacher that he felt like he could learn from. Jesus, however, went out and handpicked his disciples from the verses we've read and in other passages. Jesus picked them. They didn't pick Jesus. And isn't it interesting the kind of people that he picked? You know, he could have, he could have picked some of the brightest young religious students to be his followers. But instead, he chose people out of different segments of society. Fishermen, a tax collector, a revolutionary, probably some farmers. 
Jesus could have had his pick of the religious guys, but instead he chose ordinary people to be his followers. And the leadership principle here is that we as leaders are always on the lookout for people that have leadership potential. And this will often mean giving untried people a chance and giving responsibility to people who maybe have not had a lot of responsibility before to see how they handle it. Leaders are always willing to raise up other leaders. And that means giving people a chance. That means trying people that maybe haven't had a chance before. It means maybe looking for people who haven't had as much experience as we would like yet. But you know, the way to get experience is by doing the job. So leaders are always on the lookout for leadership potential. So that's the first point. Number two, traditionally, the Torah or the law was what stood at the center of the relationship between the rabbi and his disciples. In other words, the law was what they were there for. The student was there to learn. The rabbi was there to teach. But Jesus made it clear to his disciples that he was at the center of their relationship. And instead of just teaching them the law, Jesus taught them about the kingdom of God. In fact, as far as the law, Jesus really didn't even teach the law to his disciples. He broke it down into its most basic components. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. In Mark, Jesus' teaching to his disciples also focused on preparing them for his death. One writer said that the shadow of the cross falls ever more darkly as the gospel continues. So much of Jesus' ministry was to equip his followers so that they could keep going and proclaiming the kingdom of God when he was gone. And the leadership principle here for us is that we bring the kingdom of God into every situation of our lives. We bring the kingdom of God to the people that we pastor in our church, at our jobs, and in our neighborhoods. God's will is that his kingdom be established on earth as it is in heaven. And number three, traditionally the relationship between the rabbi and his followers was that of a a master-student type. There was a very clear delineation of power. The relationship was the student was there to learn and he was subject to the, the, the master, the rabbi. The relationship that Jesus had with his disciples, however, was much much deeper. He called them friends. This unique relationship affected how Jesus' disciples learned. Traditional rabbis taught their followers in a traditional way. Lecture, memorization, study. Jesus' disciples learned by watching him. They watched Jesus in everyday contact with real people in real situations talking to them, praying for them, laying his hands on them, uh, taking time with people that might be considered societal outcasts, yet Jesus would, would, would stop and pray for them and spend time with them. So Jesus set the example for his followers. And a, and a, and a great example of this is um, in, in one of the Gospels, Jesus, in several of the Gospels, the stories recounted where Jesus heals a little girl, the, the daughter of a synagogue official. He raises her from the dead. And in the book of Acts, the apostle Peter raises a woman from the dead in almost the exact same way 
that he saw Jesus raise this little girl. And the leadership principle here is people learn how to live, people learn how to lead, and people learn how to be successful by watching us. In the arena of service in the church, or even in a business setting, people learn more by watching than they do by us telling. So our example is so important. Number four, the rabbinical schools of Jesus' day eventually evolved into exclusive groups of disciples. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and, and their followers loved to flaunt their knowledge, and they loved to use their positions to gain prestige and power over other people. Jesus, however, called his followers to be servants, to endure persecution, and to be the salt and light of the world. Learning how to serve is a prerequisite for true kingdom leadership and for true success in life. You know, it's very unlikely that any other rabbi would have, would have ever considered washing his disciples' feet. Jesus turned social norms upside down by kneeling on the floor and washing his followers' feet. And the leadership principle here is the higher up the leadership ladder that we go only increases the amount that we are required to serve. Do you want to be a leader? Develop a servant's heart. Leadership flows out of service. And then point number five, the call of Jesus to his disciples went far beyond what the other rabbis expected of their disciples. I mean, think about it. The implication was strong that at some point, Jesus' followers would lose their lives in their service to him. And in reality, most of them did. Most of them died martyrs' deaths. No other rabbi would ever think of teaching this way. The cost of following Jesus was great, but the reward was even greater. And the leadership principle here is this. Let's not be afraid to challenge people. Sometimes as leaders, it's easy to fall into that trap of, of catering to people's comfort zones. But you know, part of leadership is challenging people to go places they've never gone before, to, to do things they've never done before, to try things they've never tried before. People need to be challenged. People need to be encouraged to go beyond where they've ever been before. Of course, we want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to people's needs. But let's never hesitate to call people uh, higher up and further in, as C.S. Lewis would say. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on this important subject of discipleship. You know, we've mentioned five points. We've mentioned um, how the fact that in Jesus' day, normally the student would pick the, the rabbi, but Jesus instead handpicked his disciples. And how, um, number two, how traditionally it was the Torah or the law that stood in the the, the, the middle of the relationship between the, the teacher and the disciple, but how Jesus turned that around and he became the center of the relationship. And we mentioned point number three, how traditionally it was the rabbi, um, the relationship between the, the rabbi and his students was that of a, a master-student type. But 
Instead, Jesus called his disciples friends and set an example for them for how they should actually act and, and lead themselves. And we mentioned number four, how the, the rabbinical schools evolved into these groups of, 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 of followers that were, were more interested in power and prestige than in service, but how Jesus called his followers to service. And then the last point was the fact that Jesus' call to his disciples went beyond anything the, the other rabbis would expect from their disciples. And the fact that the cost of following Jesus was great, but the reward was even greater. So go to davidspell.com, share your thoughts, your comments on what this study of discipleship means to you. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. You don't want to miss any of my free content. And by subscribing, you'll also get my subscribers-only newsletter that comes out once a month, and I know you're going to love it. it's time for this week's resource highlight. My book, New Testament Snapshots, examines 10 of the lesser known names in the New Testament. Some of these people that you might have heard of in passing, some of these folks you've probably never even heard of, but I promise you they're all in the New Testament. And in some of some of these cases, there's very, very little written about them, but there's enough written to where we can get a small glimpse of their importance to the New Testament story. New Testament snapshots. There'll be a link in the show notes. Check it out. Now, as we close today, can I ask for just a small favor? If you wouldn't mind going to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review. Your reviews are so important to help me get my content to a larger audience of people just like you. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.